Welcome to The Unbridled Woman with your host, Deanne Rose. Get ready to embark on a thrilling journey to the core of your feminine essence. Awaken and harness the immense inner strength you possess. Rise up majestically and powerfully, embodying your most authentic and unstoppable self. Get ready for an electrifying revelation of spirit and power. Here comes Deanne, ready to set your world ablaze with inspiration and wisdom. Welcome, unbridled women. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here with me today on this really special show. I am, it's going to be just me without a guest, and we're going to be diving into my most passionate subject and what is really my life's work. And I know when we have guests, we've we've touched upon uh, retirement, we've touched upon grief, we've touched upon um, nutrition, we've touched upon um, you know empowering our our thoughts. Today we're going to touch upon something that is so very sacred in every woman, and that is our womb. So I welcome you. I welcome you to the path of womb healing. Today is marking the beginning of your enriching journey towards self-understanding and healing. I'm going to dive into the multifaceted nature of womb healing as it encompasses the physical, emotional, and spiritual realms. We're going to focus our 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 focus should be is going to be merely men, not mending our physical wounds, but also about forging a connection with our inherent feminine energy and embracing our strength as women. And we're going to embark on this path together and pause occasionally as we bring our presence to this inner sanctuary that is within us. So our womb is is a wellspring of life. It's a hub of creativity and intuition, and it's a reservoir of profound insight and strength. So we come into this episode with an attitude of openness, of curiosity and awe for this complex yet magnificent part of our bodies. So as we welcome in, I like to bring in a body blessing. Bless my feet and legs, let them walk with the grounding energy of the earth. Bless my pelvis that I may hold my values as a woman, make space for my creations and release what no longer belongs with me. Bless my vagina, may I be clear about what I bring into or release from my body or life. Bless my feminine organs, that I use my creative potential in ways that are beneficial and sustainable for my spirit. Bless my belly. May I be in my place of feminine power. Bless my hands and arms. May they cultivate and receive a joyful bounty. Bless my heart and chest that I receive and give fully the love I share with others. Bless my breasts that I nourish myself as lovingly as I nourish my creations. Bless my throat and head. May I speak my truth and clarify my visions. Bless the paths behind and ahead of me, that they may transform what I carry into the future. And bless the place I now stand as a woman. May I be fully present in my body and my life, 
and celebrate the blessings of this moment. So before we get into more juicy talk, this is a perfect time for me to introduce what my special offer is for February. It's an offer called Hearts and Wombs. And it's a unique program that's taking place through February. And it's designed to foster a profound healing and connection with one's womb space. It integrates modern science with ancient wisdom and creates a nurturing and transformative experience. It's focused on the health of the womb and each session is crafted to release tension, heal trauma, and awaken a deeper awareness of your body. And you can find more information on that on my website at dnrose.net. So I would love to have you come and join me on the journey just in February. You'll be able to connect really personally and special. So I wanted to open this, our talk here with a, a brief description story about my birth stories. As we are talking about the womb, it's also important for women to express their birth stories. And I'm sharing just parts of my, I've, I've had two births, two daughters. And what I learned from those births, and I'm not saying, I'm not telling the story from, um, oh, I should have done this. Because upon reflection of who I am as a woman now and what I know about birth and my own body, yes, I would have done things differently. However, my birth story is beautiful and perfect for me at the time it happened. And we have to, when we're sharing our birth story, it's really coming from that place of acceptance that it is your perfect birth story. And as you grow as a woman, as you grow as a mother, you might look at your birth story in a different way. And that's fine because that's where your wisdom comes from. And that's what you can share to your daughters, to the younger women around you. And to really preface that, we need to be careful when we are talking with women who are, are with child. It is human nature to want to tell them about our experience. And I just caution and use discernment. Because again, your birth story is your birth story. And you can talk with this woman if you just want to ask, hey, what is your plan for your birth? And if you feel compelled, if she's open to hearing your story or hearing what you learned from your own birth stories, then that's when you share. But we don't want to scare the mother-to-be. We don't want to minimize and judge her choices. And it's also important if you feel that she might be doing something that could endanger herself 
or her baby, then definitely share your words of wisdom if she's open to that. So when I was, I had a very easy pregnancy. Um, my only disappointment was that my breasts never got much bigger. And that was a, quite a disappointment because I thought, oh, once in my life, I will actually have some big breasts. And that was, that didn't happen. And that was really interesting to me. So I have a pretty easy pregnancy. I was still able to work. I was a massage therapist at the time. I was able to rest. Um, you know, I didn't have any other children. I, I had a dog, I had a husband, had a house, but I really felt very empowered. And I, you know, I read all the books. I was going to have a vaginal birth. I was going to try not to have, you know, any medications. I was going to breastfeed for, you know, six months to a year at least. And so my due date at that time was May 8th. And at the night of May 7th, my water broke. And it's, it's very interesting because the, my daughter who was, if you got to know her, she's very on time, very punctual. <laughs> She is very set and she likes routines. And so it was just very perfect that she was actually born on her due date. So, you know, going to the hospital, I'm feeling these contractions. It's all new. It's, it's coming to uh, real life now. Like this is actually happening. I didn't have any fear. Uh, I did go to the hospital because that is what I had been just conditioned to do. I didn't um, question. That wasn't a question. I was just going to go to the hospital. And after a few hours of labor, and it was a very intense back labor, I really felt a lot in my back. Um, we found out that my daughter was breech. So at this point, it was Apparently, I didn't know. I didn't have. I didn't ask questions. I didn't know I could ask questions. Um, even too late to turn her. So I had to have a C-section, and it all happened really fast. Nobody was really telling me too much. Um, get wheeled into the operating room, and you know, have an epidural, and. You know, within a few minutes, it's hard to tell you what time it, it took, um, my daughter was born. And I didn't get to hold her. I got to see her. And then I was whisked off to the recovery room. And she was whisked off to um, do whatever tests that were going to be done on her. Again, didn't really question it. I'm like, that's what they do. They just do and take away. And um, it's it's perfect. It's all fine. But I do remember in the recovery room, I just kept asking for my baby. Like I really wanted to hold my baby. It, this innate urge was 
I want my baby. And I was told I couldn't have my baby until, you know, the doctor checked me, I, you know, if I was able to, if I was more coherent. I, I don't know. I don't know what the excuse was. I know she was fine. She was healthy. Nothing was wrong. Um, and then I actually had to be whisked back into x-ray because apparently they miss when they were counting all their sponges or so they were missing one. So it could have been possible that something was still inside of me. So I had to go to x-ray, have an x-ray, find out that I'm okay. It wasn't in me. It's somewhere else. And then I was brought into a room and then my daughter was brought to me. Whew, right? There was a lot of separation between me and my baby. And as I look back after these times, that really sucked. That, I, I mean, I had, I, you know, I've had a very close relationship with my daughter. So it didn't affect our bonding. However, the trauma in my body that was produced when I wanted my baby and I couldn't have my baby, at the time, I didn't know what it was doing, but now I know. It was a very traumatic time, and it affected my breastfeeding. Having the cesarean was not in my birth plan, so a lot of thoughts of guilt and shame went through my head, and I didn't really have anybody to tell this to. Everybody was like, oh, you have a beautiful baby, and you know, you should be happy, and... And yes, and also there's still pain and guilt that is getting suppressed here in my body and I don't know how to take, to release it. So the breastfeeding did not go very well with my daughter and she was actually losing weight. So she did have to go on to formula. So I was told. So anyway, that's that birth story. Two years later, around the same time, my second daughter was born on May 6th. She was a little bit early. And I was able to have her vaginally. However, I did have an epidural because it was very, very painful. And I didn't have the support of a, a doula or a midwife to really help me breathe through it. I had my husband at the time, but he was as clueless as I was because this was the first time I was actually being able to have a natural birth. So I had the epidural, which, and then I'm still in the hospital again because that's all I know. I didn't know if I can have something else or what. And so I'm birthing on my back, which as we all know, is not the best birthing position for a woman. And then with the epidural, the my labor slowed down. I stopped dilating and I was getting really tired. Well, finally, I'm the doctor comes in. It's not my doctor. And it's time for me to push. Well, if you've ever tried to push with the epidural, you can't really feel anything. And, you know, I remember seeing shows, you know, a woman sounds while she pushes, you know, I'm like, okay, that maybe that will help me connect 
to this feel like I can't really feel, but this, I can hear my sound. So maybe, you know, it was just like this innate thing. I'm like, okay, and this is what I'm going to do. Again, birth is a very innate thing for a woman. You can read books and books and books and see all these videos, but your body knows what to do. So my body was like, you need to sound. Well, I started to sound when I was pushing and this doctor, it was a woman doctor, nonetheless, told me to be quiet, that I would disturb the other women on the floor. Can you imagine? And imagine this, and I, I could see it so vividly. It was almost like this energy just went, whoosh, my throat closed up. I, I kind of felt my vagina closing. And she had to use forceps to get my baby out and cut me. So I had to have an episiotomy. The baby had to forceps. And then again, I'm shown my baby, and then she's taken over to the other side of the room, weighed and done all this. She wasn't put on me. And that was a trauma that led to postpartum depression in me. I think it was a cumulative from two years ago of the trauma of that birth, of not being able to hold my baby right away with the C-section, and then going into the second birth without actually really have processed anything and then being told to be quiet and then having all this medical intervention in my vagina. I mean, the vagina is going through so much trauma as it is with birth and now she's being cut. Now foreign objects are being put inside to grab and pull out. So it was, it was detrimental and it's something I would never, ever wish on any woman. And the d depression affected my bonding with my second daughter. Luckily, it, I bounced back pretty quickly. However, there, there's remnants of all that, right? And, you know, it wasn't until, gosh, I want to say like 13 years ago. So I'm 55. So I was like in my 40s that I was actually finally able to touch my cesarean scar. Because every time I would touch it, tears would well up in my eyes. There was stuck trauma, stuck unprocessed emotions in this tissue. So it took a lot of courage and bravery on my part to work th with that scar. And that was a lot of my healing. And then more of my healing came in around 2019 when I started my sex, love, and relationship coaching certification and really did a deep dive into my own sexuality and my body. And it was through womb healing 
and yoni dearmoring that I was able to release the scars of those births, the scars of those forceps in my tissues, the scars of invasiveness, of um, bringing, I was able to bring back sensation and feeling into an area that I had unconsciously shut down. And it was through also this work with my certification that I began to find my voice again. Because if you don't know this, as we are in uh, embryonic state, as women, as female babies, our throat and our cervix, vagina area are connected. And it's as the baby embryo grows, it, you know, it spreads out, but it is connected at one point. So when we work on our voice, we work on our womb. When we work on our womb, we work on our voice. They are still physically and energetically connected. So that is a little bit about my story. And I want to just get into what is, what is womb healing? And I'm going to talk about how it actually affects fertility and why it's really important for uh, new moms, women in their childbearing years to, to access this type of healing for themselves. So womb healing is an approach that brings back equilibrium and harmony to the female reproductive system. So it tackles the intangible and the tangible imbalances that influence womb health. So the tangible would be the physical, right? Um, scarring, um, imbalanced muscles, um, you know, you could have some adhesions. And then there's the intangible. Like in my birth stories, being told to be quiet. I can even see the constriction happening, right? When I say this, it's like, I even see my ovaries just go, you know, shrink up. My, my, my throat becomes so constricted, right? There's, there's this shutdown. There's this energetic shutdown. So that is womb healing is physical. It's emotional. It's energetic. So even if you're a woman who is saying to herself, well, I don't have any problems down there. I don't have any pain. Um, I've, I, I never gave birth or I've given birth, but it was all, you know, natural. I didn't have any forceps nor episiotomy. Sister, there's energetic and emotional trauma there just from your day-to-day -day life, just from any man that you've let inside of you, there is trauma and there is womb healing that needs to be done. So every single woman on this planet, no matter what your age, well, we'll say, you know, 
starting from having your moon to being any age to you 90 years old is imperative. It's imperative to do this work for yourself. So womb health is the pivot. It's pivotal. It's pivotal for the overall well-being in women. It's linked to various health aspects like menstrual irregularities, fertility issues, and other reproductive challenges. This space is seen as a holy space. It's a sacred space. It's intertwined with your, your feminine power, your inventiveness, your intuition. So by caring for this piece of you, you can access your inherent strength and connect with your divine feminine essence. So in numerous cultures, the womb is celebrated as a hallowed space and a symbol of life and creation. And I have this quote from a book I read. The ancients also had the knowing that the atmosphere of the womb directly affected the development of the child. Scientific research shows that we are on all levels, biologically, emotionally, and psycho-spiritually, profoundly affected by the experiences in the womb. While we are gestating in the womb, our genetic expression is modified by literally everything that the mother experiences. Food, toxins, relationships, emotions, illness, family support, cultural beliefs, and so forth. Her deep inner experience weaves us into being. And this quote is from the amazing book. This book got me on my journey of womb awakening, like deep study of, of this topic. And it was like mind blowing. Oh my gosh. Every woman needs to know about this. So the book is called Womb Awakening um, by Bertrand and Bertrand, husband and wife duo. Highly recommend it. It's a huge book, but there's so much information in there. A lot going back to the ancient wisdom. And for me, it was a deep, deep connection back to fe my femininity and my feminine power. And it got me so intrigued was that it's so important for women, childbearing women, to do this womb healing before they start to gestate a child. Because a child is going to be gestating in this womb. And if the womb is full of trauma, full of toxins, full of pain, even numb with no feeling, this, this baby's going to grow in that. And like, as a woman, as a mom, do you want that for your child? I don't think so. So it's very imperative for women of childbearing years to get in touch with a practitioner that can help this womb healing, this womb awakening, and create this environment for their potential babies to gestate and grow into their highest potential. Because I don't know about you, but I am definitely throughout my life have had to work with not only my own shit, but the shit of my mom and my dad, my grandmas, you know, like holding all their stuff in my body has been very, very tiring. So we're going to be going to a break. And when we get back, I'm going to talk more about, about womb healing, 
how the physical benefits, the emotional benefits, how it affects fertility. So I'm so excited. Please stay on and stay tuned and we will be right back. Thank you so much. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to The Unbridled Woman with Deanne Rose. Have a question for Deanne or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or email Deanne at theunbridledwomanrises at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Unbridled Women. I am sharing my deepest passion of womb healing in the show today. And the first half, I came and I shared my two birth stories. And now we're going to get more into what womb healing is physically, emotionally. And as I'm saying this, I want to also reiterate that my February offer that you can find on my website, deannerose.net, of hearts and wombs. So if you're at all curious of what womb healing can do for you, this is a really great opportunity to, to dive in, to come in with just three sessions and experience this phenomenal healing for yourself. So I, when I posted this show on my social media, there was some engagement on how how does womb healing affect fertility? Now, I can share, uh, not personally, but from a personal experience with a client that I had a few years ago. And she came to me with a 
been trying to conceive her and her and her husband for a year. And they had all the tests, all the medical tests done. She was fine. His sperm count was high and healthy. There was no quote unquote medical reason why this couple could not conceive. So she was drawn to me because I had done a talk about, um, you know, connecting to the the sacred feminine. Uh, I talked a little bit about womb health and also talked about um, calling in spirit babies. Now, she was very intuitive and she had been actually in contact with her spirit baby. So she knew that there was a baby that wanted to come through, but she was just getting so frustrated on why she could not conceive. So we we did the the whole process of the the womb healing session. Uh, we had a few coaching sessions after that diving into inner child, into shadow, into ancestral, into mother, father. And she, I think this was, let's see, probably like, um, it was like April or May of a couple years ago. So maybe it's like 2022. And I get an email from her I think it was in April. So I get an email from her in June, July. She is pregnant. She was pregnant. And and she said that the healing really, she felt, I mean, she felt it physically, but it was energetically releasing this trauma. Didn't really know where the trauma came from. She was able to feel into it and have it just process itself. And then the work we also did with her mother shifted her whole perspective on what she wanted to be as a mother. And she literally opened herself up to receive her spirit baby and conceive. So that's just one example of, and and there's so many couples out there that are just struggling to have babies. And it really sometimes really just comes down to, you know, just moving that trauma that's in the womb space. And it comes, what I think, we're, you know, if you th- think about it logically, you know, the, the womb, right, is the, is the container for a baby's gestation, right? There's the ovaries are in the womb space, uterus. So a balanced and healthy womb creates a conducive environment for conception and pregnancy. And 
we need to address these past traumas, these past traumas, these emotional barriers that are linked to the womb and that they can support the emotional well-being, reduce the stress and further enhance the fertility potential. Because that's a lot of it is that stress buildup, like, you know, just to keep trying and, you know, the thoughts that go through a woman's head, cortisol builds up. And just to take that time to go a little bit deeper, to come back to the body, what is the body telling you? And when we do womb healing, it, it forces us as women to, to come back to our bodies. And I know for a lot of women, that is not safe. It's not safe to be back in the body because you have had to leave your body at times just to survive. And that's why it's really important to find a practitioner that you trust and can hold that safe, nurturing space for you to process these emotions, this energy that has been stagnant, that had been halted, and then come back into that wholeness that is you. So a little talking about the impact of, of trauma on the womb. I touched upon it just a couple seconds ago. So trauma can profoundly influence the womb's physical and emotional well-being. The body's reaction to trauma, which involves this surge in stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, can lead to inflammation and other physical changes including those within the reproductive system. So these physical changes with trauma can manifest as irregular or painful periods, you know, infidelity, endometriosis, right? Emotionally, this trauma can disrupt the womb's energy flow. So it leading to disconnection, numbness, feelings of shame and guilt. So it's vital for us to acknowledge that, that this effect of trauma on the womb, we need to acknowledge this. We need to see it for what it is. It's real. And it necessitates support for both our physical and emotional healing. Now, moving up from the womb a little bit, we'll go to the breasts, right? A medical pandemic among women is breast cancer. So a woman's breasts in, in, in Tantra, this is our, and we have different polars, uh, negative and positive. So our positive polar for women is our breasts. This is how we give out to the world. When a woman is constantly giving of herself or things are taken from her, so she is 
not willingly giving, it is taken from her. This affects the breasts, affects the breast tissue. Just like trauma affects the tissue in the womb, trauma affects the tissue in the breasts. If a woman's not taking self-care, a woman doesn't love herself. It's all being felt in this breast tissue. So part of womb healing is also coming back and coming back to the love of our breasts, the acceptance. Growing up, I was very self-conscious about my being small-chested. It, it wasn't until I became more active, more, you know, running more and doing, you know, high impact um, exercises and things. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> this feels a lot better. Um, and then there was just that, you know, acceptance. Uh, I, it, not being able to breastfeed my baby brought a lot of shame and guilt that I had to also work through. But then again, it's like understanding, having now the understanding of, of trauma and these belief systems that we hold, how it affects our bodies and our tissues. You know, now I just like so much love for my breasts. You know, there's daily breast massage. There's, um, yeah, there's, so that's very important for women also is to come back and bring that love to their breasts as well, as well as their womb healing. So another thing with womb healing, uh, non-physical, is the role of forgiveness. I remember one time being in yoga class many years ago, and someone was explaining, you know, women's hips are so tight because we hold so much there. We hold, you know, grief or anger, you know, we're holding that in. Well, clinging to anger and, our, and resentment can physically manifest in the body affecting womb health. So in part of this forgiveness, what's that saying? You know, if you don't forgive, it's like, you know, continuously drinking, you know, the poison and it doesn't affect the other person. If you get affected by it, but the other person doesn't. So a lot, I think a lot of times for women, and maybe, you know, I can just speak because I'm a woman, you know, to forgive, you know, that I was, grow you know, growing up in a religion that I did, you know, it's like a forgive and forget. Well, you don't have to forget. Your body doesn't forget. You don't have to condone. Like I, when I feel like forgive and forget, it's like, oh, all right, I, you know, I'll forget. I, yeah, it's okay. You know, we'll let it go. No big deal. Well, no. There are some traumas that people extend to us through their actions that you can forgive, but you're not condoning that that was okay. 
And that's that years ago, that used to be such a pet peeve of mine with especially younger women. I'd hear, oh, I'm sorry. Someone, they bump into you like, oh, I'm sorry. Or they say something, I'm sorry, I meant, or I'm sorry. You know, I don't, so I'm sorry to bother you. And I was like, what's all that about? Like, what do you no need to be sorry? You, I, you didn't offend me. And like, it's such a unconscious thought and words that come out of a lot of women's mouth. Because they afraid to take up too much room because it wasn't safe, right? So now it's, this is your time, sisters. This is your time to, to claim your safety. Take that, claim your safety within yourself. And we do that by healing our own traumas, by healing those unexpressed emotions. And womb healing does that for you. Connecting back to this potent place that is your center of creativity. Whether you choose to use it to gestate human beings or gestate art or music, your career, whatever it is, this is your place of creation. And it's a friggin' gift from God given to women. And it is our birthright and our responsibility to honor and keep this space sacred and holy. It's not a place to be diminished, to be shut down, to be swept under the rug. Like, don't looking at that. It's part of who we are. Now, I have some notes here because I didn't want to forget what I wanted to talk about. But going back to, um, we'll go back to, we talked about fertility. So let's talk about sexual health, womb healing and sexual health. So again, the trauma, our negative experiences that are still held in the womb can lead to sexual dysfunction, pain, and disconnection from your sexuality. If you had ever been molested or raped, you most likely have left your body because it wasn't safe to be in your body. And coming back is scary. But it's the bravest thing that you can do for yourself. And it's the most healing thing that you can do for yourself. Because your sexuality is your power. And again, as women, it's our responsibility to use this power in a very conscious and sacred way. When we are disconnected from our sexuality, we tend to, we still use it, but it's used in a, a darker negative way. We can use it for manipulation, you know, manipulating men or, you know, other people in our relationship. Um, a lot of our uh, passive aggressiveness comes from that disconnect from our sexuality. Our 
judgment of other women, that sister wound comes from the disconnect from our sexuality. Because when you are connected to your sexuality, you understand the power that's there. And you see how that power manifests in your life. There's a, there's a lightness about a woman who is in her, is connected to her sexuality. There's a brightness, there's a confidence, there's a presence. There's a woman who, she knows where she's going. She might not be clear on how to totally get there, but there's trust. She has the trust that her intuition, because she's so connected to her body, she's connected to this intuition is going to lead her to the right place, to the right people. There's this self-awareness of what kind of relationship that she wants to be in. She knows what she likes in a relationship. She knows what she doesn't like in a relationship. She's done that work for herself. And it's not something that you can just journal about in a week and be done. It's an ongoing process. And that's why a lot of women shy away from healing their womb space and coming back to their sexuality. They have a lot of stigma on that, you know, it's not safe, um, it's not proper. There's a lot of religious teachings out there. But in my opinion, a lot of those teachings were put in place to diminish the feminine power because it is so potent and strong. And aware men, men who are in their masculinity in a, in a healthy way, see this and they respect that. And that is the kind of woman they want in their life. Why would a man want a drama queen, a passive aggressive woman who says one thing and does another, who talks about other women behind their back, who is jealous, who has excuses for not you know, bettering herself or, you know, who's the victim of their life. Like that is not a woman that would be attractive to anybody. And there's so many women who live in this and it's very sad. So it's up to you. It's up to you to take, take the reins, <laughs> talking about being uh, unbridled and you, so bridle yourself up for a moment and take those reins and pull yourself out of that victimhood, out of that self-sabotaging pattern that you're in and go over and start doing the healing work on your womb, on your trauma, and then release that bridle and step in to that fullest expression of yourself that you have allowed yourself to be. You've made space for the real you to come through. 
So I also want to talk a little bit about the womb healing and menstruation. If there's trauma, it's going to lead to the physical, like we said, period irregularities or very painful menstrual cycles. Menstrual cycles are not meant to be painful. All right. It's it's a time for a woman to go within and take some rest, but it's not a time to be curled up with a hot water bottle and, you know, Advil next to a glass of water by your bedside. Menstrual cramps are not supposed to be painful. There's other stuff going on in your womb that is causing this pain for yourself. And it could be energetic. It could be physical, but you don't know unless you start to connect, ask your body questions, and feel. Womb healing is all about feeling. It can be scary, but again, finding the right practitioner to hold that space for you is vital. It's like it clears the cobwebs. It clears the cobwebs from your mind, from your heart, it's because you become a clearer vessel to be the channel to the divine. And that's where I also feel that our feminine superpower is, is through this womb space that is our direct channel to the divine. That guided intuition. It's so beautiful. It's like... If you can be divinely guided by your intuition every day, you would be living the most miraculous life because you are just being spirit-led. You are being led by your soul. And there wouldn't be that stress of having to make these decisions. You know, thoughts this, I think about this. Oh my gosh, what is this? It's like you would just check in. You check into your intuition, to your body. What is it telling you? It's taking those quiet moments. As women, we need those quiet moments. We need to step out of that hamster wheel and get into those quiet moments to connect to yourself. You know, that comes through, you know, the self-care, through your meditation, through your movement exercises, through your dance, maybe through your art, through your rituals. There's so much out there. And there's so much here to go into womb healing. That's why that book I recommended is so big. <laughs> There's nothing we can cover in, in this 50 minutes together. So womb healing is your journey of self-discovery. It's revealing your past traumas and emotions, and it's approaching this journey with openness that leads to your healing and growth. And it's an ongoing process, a dedication. So I'm going to leave you here. Thank you all so much. I want you to... Um, Join me next time. I'm having a lovely lady, Laura Ordile, a life coach and an astrologer coming on the show. And I just wish you so much love. My heart is full of blessings for all of you. So stay safe, stay loving, stay unbridled. Much love all. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Unbridled Woman with Deanne Rose. May this episode be a powerful beacon igniting your spirit with the fire of empowerment and surrounding your heart with the embrace of love. As you step boldly into the new week, channel the divine feminine power that resonates within you and embrace the truth that you are the master of your own transformation. 
eagerly awaiting our next encounter with excitement and anticipation. Until then, carry this energy and reshape your world with your newfound strength.